0: Hey, y'all, Brett Maddox here. Hope you're doing well. In just a moment, we're going to start with another episode of the Podakesis podcast. But before then, I'd like to just turn your attention to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at Podakesis. You can also find us at Podakesis.com. And you can also leave a question or send questions or comments our way through email at questions at potakesis.com and we would love to entertain those questions um, that you would have for us. Um, I also want to let you know that this coming Thursday we're going to try to do something a little different in honor of our first 10 episodes which have dropped and we're excited about this community that we are building and we want to include you in on this so we are going to go live on YouTube. And we're going to have a kind of a call-in show. So we want you to call in your an- or your questions, your questions you would like for us to answer live on YouTube that you can go and you can watch. And that phone number is going to be 404-635-6666. Seven nine, and you can go ahead this week and call in your questions, and then we can take your your voice and we can play it over the air for people to be able to hear. And this is just a way for us to connect with our podicumen. Community. Also, you'll have an opportunity to text us, to comment on YouTube, um, and on in other ways through Facebook and through Twitter. Uh, questions that perhaps you would rather type, if you wouldn't want to send a voicemail, you can type them out and let us know, and we will read them over the air and try to answer them. We really don't know how long this show is going to go, but we want to give an opportunity just as a celebration for uh, just everything going on, for uh, your love and your support of the podcast, and we want to include you into this. So that's coming up this Thursday. Be paying attention to social media about the time, the time. So uh, one last thing is you'll notice and you're here just a minute that the theme music's a little different, and I want to get a shout, give a shout-out to my friend Andy Bowen, who's a music producer out of Atlanta. Georgia, who took our theme and he put a holiday spin on it, a Halloween spin on it. Uh, Andy's been a great friend with us here at St. Luke Church. He's helped us out with so much music and putting together demos and, and, and some just some awesome stuff there. And so... Um, Andy has been producing music for nearly 15 years um, and has opened his studio, The Pipeline, in Alpharetta, Georgia, in 2014. In addition to producing for indie artists, both Christian and secular, he also helps churches and worship leaders produce impactful demos of their songs to introduce them to their congregation. You can find out more or contact him by visiting his website, andybowen, B-O-W-E-N, B-O-W-E-N andybowen.com. Uh, Andy's a great friend, and I know he will be able to help you with all your production needs, especially in the worship arena if you are, a, uh, if you are in the local church. Uh, so we will be getting together next Thursday on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, send us your questions. Send us your voicemails. Again, that phone number, 404-635-6679. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Podokiesis podcast. Have a great day.
1: Ha ha ha
0: Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here, coming to you with another episode of the Podiciesis Podcast. And once again, uh, we are joined by the world's greatest Saturday morning cartoon watchers, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How are
2: you guys doing? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes,
0: Teenage Mutant
2: Ninja Turtles. Hey, it's how many? Jim. How are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm hey. doing great because
1: I have the power.
2: Alan Kaysen, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pot of podcast, my friends, where we not only bring up our childhood and 80s pop culture, but we also do our best to talk theology and why it matters.
0: That's right. So it's, as Jim said, we try our best. We see. hey, (laughs) hey, real, real talk, though. What was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Well, I mean, what was your go to Saturday morning? Hands down, Voltron. Voltron, that's very nice. That's good. A, good. That's, that's nice. Good. He yes. Man. He Man
1: was my favorite early on.
2: Yes, He Man was a um, good one. Yes, Absolutely. and then eventually the X Men animated series. Wow, yeah, that was yeah. strong. Yeah.
1: The Spider Man animated series. Yeah. It was good too. Those so were I was strong.
0: I was a classic guy. Like I love. I liked you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and uh, there was even a cartoon version of. Do you remember the movie Beetlejuice? Oh, so yes, there was, yeah. there was a cartoon called Beetlejuice. That, I remember. That yeah, that's, that's that's too weird. It was oh. weird, but it was fun. But my Ghostbusters favorite, was good too. Go Ghostbusters ahead. was good. But my favorite Saturday morning cartoon, my go-to, was uh, the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show.
2: Yeah, okay. absolutely. That All was right.
0: my go-to. Just yeah. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes was my classical yeah. foundation. Like it set the foundation of my Saturday.
2: Was watching there you that go.
0: nine a.m. on ABC in Valdosta, Georgia. That was that was it. Here we are. 40 40 years later,
2: I still remember. So now we've got your hometown, your age. Can you give me your social security number? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Potty Key, it's just good
0: to be with you. Hope that you are doing well uh, uh, today. Uh, We have a lot to bring to you. We got another question to bring for you. Question number 11 of John Wesley's uh, revision of the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism. But before we get into that 11th question, uh, we do want to say uh, we at the Potty Key Podcast, we are not averse to growing, uh, to learning, to maybe even being schooled a little bit if we make a slight error in something we say. Now we're not saying we made an error. What we are saying
2: is somebody brought up the potentiality of a sort of that is a lot of sideways talk, Brett. We had a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful listener. We did absolutely in, in conversation. One, I was just so glad that we had somebody
1: responded. Of, well,
2: yeah, that too. Everybody I was going to try, I was going to try not to let people on to the fact that we don't get a whole lot of comments right now. Um, <laughs> but no, just the level of thoughtfulness. Um, yeah, that this comment came through. And I've got another one to share after this. Go ahead, Brett. Tell us, yeah, tell, uh, tell us about our learning.
0: I, uh, a big shout out to huge Podokesis fan, Rebecca Duke Barton, who. Uh, wanted to just clarify from episode nine when we were talking about creation and we got into t- a little bit of a discussion about evolution and science. And she wanted to clarify that in science, a theory is a pretty uh, bedrock principle. Um, it's not just a thing that is out there that um, has no, no no what am I looking for? No body to it. Um, there's a lot of research that goes behind it. There's a lot of background that goes behind these scientific theories. More of what we were talking about would, would be more of a scientific hypothesis. And that's what she was bringing up was kind of the clarification of terms between a scientific theory and a scientific hypothesis. So, Rebecca, thank you for that so
2: much. And we appreciate the discussion. And, uh, and Jim's that's, a going- great, that's a great point, too, because um, when we're talking about teaching – yeah. Christian belief. And and to be honest, when you get into like intermediate and advanced levels of the theology, it's really important to have some clarity on terms. Um, and have you guys ever noticed this? Like you have a disagreement with somebody and it turns out you're using the same words, but you're not meaning the same thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I just think that's a, it's not only good just to have the conversation, but also for a life lesson, you know, defining your terms is good. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, one of our listeners... A wonderful college minister, uh, Jonathan, had just shouted out a word of appreciation for uh, some of the various ways in which we talked about uh, creation and the biblical narrative, not only in uh, the traditional interpretation, scientific uh, relationship, but also other near ancient Near East creation stories like oh, yeah. the Malish and Gilgamesh. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just great to have people that uh, listen and share. Jonathan, I'm so grateful for your encouragement. Rebecca, you too. Um, all you listeners out there just love this stuff. Thank you so much.
0: You know, if we had any swag, we'd offer to send it to them. But uh, the Podakista podcast- I've got podcast. swagger, but not <laughs> swag. <laughs> we don't have any sense. So you'll just have to take our thanks. Thank you so much for that. And we appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Are y'all ready to talk a little bit about the uh, the question, question number 11? Um, question number 11. Of- Oh, of, bring it on! Yeah, question number eleven of John Wesley's revision of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. That question is: What are God's works of providence? <laughs> works of provolone? I like not provolone. provolone, not provolone. And 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 so we're not talking about cheese, and we're not talking about a state in the United States. Although
1: I just visited Rhode Island, it's
0: beautiful. Oh, so were you in Providence? I drove through Providence. There Thank you me. go. Absolutely. That was
2: so provident that you would it's, drive through Providence it's, it's, before talking amazing. about Providence. It's providence. amazing. So, what it's like
1: are I my trip around our episode? It's crazy.
2: Or, Absolutely. God did. Ooh. Ooh. ooh.
0: So, <laughs> what are God's works? <laughs> what are God's works of Providence? Do one of you guys want to take that answer for us as we lay it out for everybody?
1: I got it. God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions.
2: Boom.
0: So, you know, one of the things I love about the shorter catechism, and catechisms, um, no matter what, all throughout history, is how they take these very loaded terms, these very loaded ideas, and they distill them down into these These pithy um, uh, statements that are supposed to stick in your mind. In that sentence of God's, where what Alan just read, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, powerful, um, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions, there is so much we need to unpack. It's almost like a zip file in a computer. We just need to open it up and let it let it just show. It's like a much. clown car, open the door and the <laughs> good keeps on different. coming. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So there's so much going on there. So before we um, let the clowns out of the car, let's go a little bit here and see uh, the foundations and 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 where this is coming from. We're going to read y'all um, about six passages of scripture. And I'm going to, in our show notes, can I get a, can I get it? Show notes! There it is. So we're going to, in our show notes, I'm going to put these, um, I'm going to put these references in the show notes for you to go back. And we do ask you to go and look at the, the context of these scriptures. Remember, these are just kind of proof text of the, of, the, of the foundations, of the theological foundations that we're looking at. So, it's important to look at the context where these verses are coming from, and we may actually get into a little bit more depth later as well. But uh, Psalm 145, 17 says this, The Lord is righteous in all of His ways and kind
2: in all of His works. Psalm 104, verse 24 it goes just like this. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures.
0: So we see in that one already, this idea of God being most wise in his providence. All right, Alan? God makes, etc. Yeah,
2: yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: All right, Isaiah 28, verse 29. All this also comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent.
0: So, more about his power, his wisdom, all of this is all encompassing, um, uh, uh, over uh, his all encompassing reach into his creation. Um, Hebrews out of the New Testament, Hebrews, uh, chapter one, verse three says, He Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty, uh, of the Majesty on high. But uh, putting Jesus there at the time of creation, and that word upholding, He upholds with the power of the power of His might, the power of His being.
2: And the next one comes from Psalm 103, verse 19. It says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Mm-hmm. So here we're talking about God's present and continuing dominion mm-hmm. uh, over what he's created. That's
0: exactly right. And I love that idea. His kingdom, it, his, it reigns over all. It's, it, it's, it's, it's universal. Yes. All right, Alan.
1: All right. Then I've got Matthew 10 verses 29 through 31 um, in very familiar passage, really talking about God's care um, and providence. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows.
0: I love the intimacy of that. So there's this, when, when we first start talking about providence, and we're actually going to get into some meanings of the term providence here in just a second and how it all works out. But when I think about providence, one of the things that I think about is God's transcendence, his ruling over everything, and his intimacy. How he knows uh, the the number of hairs on our head, as it says in the Gospel of Luke, or um, the, uh, he knows about the sparrows. Like he he's he's equally intimate as he is transcendent, and that's just one of those wow factors about uh, the nature of God, in my in my opinion.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and we're gonna probably because I know us uh, hit a little bit of heavy theology. We're going to try to make sure that we don't go so far that people get bored or lost, but let's keep track of one of the really practical natures that Alan just read out of of Matthew 10. So don't be afraid. Mm. And so we need to keep that in mind that um, anytime we talk, we're talking about Christian belief and it feels like, hey, why is it that I need to know this. Well, that's exactly what we're here for, to talk about why it matters. And so the more we understand things like God's providence and how he operates in the world to uphold it, the more peace with which we can live because we trust with our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And so it's got a really practical level to our life as well.
0: I, I think I, I completely agree with that. Um, if you if you're a reader at all of early church history or even the New Testament, when the church is going through the persecutions they're going through, and you hear Paul talking to the Church of Philippians, or you hear James talking to the Church in Asia Minor, or or John, or even in the Book of Hebrews, where it's talking about um, persevering, persevering, persevering a lot of that perseverance a lot of that uh, move on uh, as um, as in the book of philippians uh, forgetting what is behind me i press on toward the goal that is as a, that christ has laid ahead of me uh, comes from this idea that god is ultimately in control that that no matter what's going on around me i mean the very world itself can be blowing up around me but ultimately God is in control, so I keep moving forward. And there's so much courage and encouragement that comes out of that for us as believers. Jim, I'm, I'm right with you. This is more than just some sort of highbrow theological discussion. Um, this is this is foundational, I think, to how we act <laughs> in a in a broken and fallen world. Well, yeah, sure. I think um,
1: I think knowing that God's in control also means that I'm not Mm. that Mm -hmm. you're not. And, you know, uh, and so there's a degree of where we have just got to sort of step back a moment. And, uh, um, there's a burden that's lifted. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a burden, Uh, you know, pastorally, I think, you know, uh, Matthew 10 talks about, do not be afraid. Matthew six talks about do not worry. Mm. Um, and you know, um, I'm going to clothe you. I'm, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to, I'm going to Mm -hmm. take care of you. Um, so don't worry. Um, and so, um, I think there's a burden lifted by, okay, I ain't got, I don't have to do all this. Um, I, I ain't got to take care of every little detail because God's got this God's got, you know, in control. I mean, there's a part we play in all this and we'll get to that,
2: but. It's corrective um, and relieving. Right. God is in control and we're not. And you know, one more thing, so we we're talking about don't be afraid or persevere. Uh, I too have been working through Philippians with my church, um, and and just another word is those calls, as Brett said, are are their foundation. They're they're set into God's providence. That's where they stem from. If we remove God's providence from those calls, then all it becomes is you try harder. Ooh. <laughs> and you know, I don't know about you, but 90% of the time I'm doing the absolute best that I'm able to right. at any given moment. Right. Most That's people right. are too. Right. And unless we fall into the same category that Jesus told the Pharisees, where you're putting law on people without giving them the ability to carry it, we if we don't ground some of the calls and commands of scripture in their theological home. Mm-hmm. like god's providence then we're actually calling people to do something that they're not designed to do by themselves mm-hmm. so i didn't expect that we jump to the practical right away but the scripture brought it right out for us
0: yeah and um you know even both of you say talking about uh, the burdens lifting it takes a burden off of us takes me even to when jesus says um take a, take my yoke upon you for my my you know my burden is easy Mm-hmm. So, so take it so there's this sense even in that discussion in that uh, scripture that of, of jesus stepping in to take off our heavy burdens that the world has just put on our shoulders through its fallenness and its brokenness and this grace this act of just coming in and, and, and relieving that pressure if you will it's an amazing and beautiful and intimate again the king of the universe the one who said let there be light is the one who would who would come and say, Hey, don't be afraid. That's right. Don't be afraid, and that is just simply beautiful. So, in this question, there are so many things we can unpack here. Um, what does it mean for God to preserve, to govern? What does it mean, what uh, the, that God is holy and wise and powerful? These terms and these phrases that get used in the answer to this question. So, I think perhaps what we really need to do is just kind of lay down a definition or what it means, what providence actually means, and I'll just go ahead and let everybody know in the uh, Podicuman community that one of the most helpful uh, teachers in this for me, and I think for Jim as well, um, is a guy named Thomas Oden, the late and great Thomas Oden, a Wesley scholar, a Methodist scholar who was at, I think he was at Drew uh, Theological Seminary, but he has written so much on Uh, systematizing John Wesley's teachings into theological uh, systematics, and he's also one of his just greatest works that he gave to us was a three-volume systematic theology um, on that where he took the classic Christian teachings of the first basically 600 years, Um, and he would add later to it, but it was basically the first 600 years of the class of the Christian church And he brought that forward as foundational Christian teaching of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so much of what I want to bring to the table tonight comes from his uh, first volume uh, called The Living God, um, which is Mm -hmm. the first volume of his systematic theology. Now, just recently, probably four or five years ago, there was a release, uh, kind of an abridgment of those three volumes down into one volume, and I think it's called Classic Christianity. And what we'll do is we will link that into our show notes for you to look at. It's a great resource. You don't have to be a pastor. Um, you can be a Bible teacher. You can be a Sunday school teacher. You can be a lay person who wants to just go deeper in their faith. I highly, highly, highly recommend Thomas Odin's work. It's there.
2: great. Um, hey, it's before wonderful. you get into that real quick, just yeah. like from a word perspective, the word providence, we hear the word provide in it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hear through some of our deeper conversations that God's providence is in a sense, how God provides Mm -hmm. also worthy of note, because it really has a bearing on how various parts of the Christian tradition understand this. Providence comes from a Latin root, which not only means to attend to, but also to foresee. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have some sense, some idea of God's foreknowing, which starts to, it becomes a rope that is woven of many threads. So we'll start to see that later in our deeper conversation and in upcoming episodes.
0: Uh, So Thomas Oden in the opening of his chapter on God's care for the world, which he's talking about providence, he quotes John of Damascus, who was a Mm -hmm. classic Christian teacher who defined providence as quote, the care that God takes over existing things. And again, Providence is the will of God through which all existing things receive their fitting issue. I love how these classic Christian teachers could take such great such huge ideas and just distill them down. I think that's the mark of a good teacher and writer, is yes. someone who could take big ideas and distill it down. Um so providence is God's own act by which God orders all events in creation, nature, history, so that the ends for which God created them will be in due time realized. The final end is that all creatures will, and in God's own time, manifest God's glory and reflect as they are capable of the divine happiness. So, this is Thomas Oden's understanding of providence from classic Christian teachers, and to lay it down uh, for you kind of in a three-tiered way or to to just kind of break it apart in three parts um, there are these three dimensions of Providence that classic Christian teachers talked about first of all was this unceasing activity of the Creator by which in overflowing bounty and goodwill God co- uh, God upholds creatures in time and space in an ordered existence hmm. So he's, he's keeping us in our being. He's keeping us in our nature. So the way we were created, God's providence keeps us that way. It's almost like he's holding us together, holding the world together. Uh, y- y'all know who Louis Giglio is, right? Yeah. I, mean, I know. Georgia I know, knows about Louis I, Yes. I know absolutely. where you're going. The,
1: where the are lamin, you going?
0: The laminin. Uh, no, the go. the laminin, the laminin, the, laminin the laminamina. where he, laminaminamina. <laughs> where he was talking about the pro, was it a protein or something in our cells that in our DNA that holds it together? Yeah, and it's in the shape of a cross. It's in the shape same, of a cross. It's just beautiful things. But he what he was using it as is an illustration for the text. Is it out of Colossians or uh, wherever it is that says um, that God holds uh, that Christ holds all yeah. things together? Yeah. Colossians. That he holds all things together. So that's what this, this unceasing, never stopping activity of our creator in holding us together. That is, hands are together. So that's the first dimension. The second dimension is that God cooperates with natural and secondary causes to employ in, uh, fit means to good ends through orderly and intelligible processes of natural. Causes the the basically I basic idea was that God works alongside or He moves alongside nature in the in the the way nature is the way it works the way it does to keep things moving in order holding it in order and out of that will flow things like natural moral law um, that, uh, things just working the way they're supposed to work and even with us allowing us. To will, allowing us to have free will. This is one of the great mysteries that comes out of a teaching, a classical teaching of providence, is that it is through God's providence that we, as humans, have the ability to will or to have free will, to choose, to to make a decision. It, it is is it's a wild thing that he he. It's almost like if he didn't have his hand upon us, we would not even be able to do that.
2: Right. And so what you see in the, I know you've got one more thing to go to, but in the, in the, the, I'm sorry, the question from the catechism, uh, that it is God's holy, wise, powerful preserving and governing creatures and their actions. So what comes out of it then is um, God not only provides for us, God gives us what we need, we don't have to be afraid, but the theological notion is that God's providence then leads towards the good, which includes the things that we choose. If God is governing things, the one of the great questions of humanity is how much is God governing what we choose, Ooh, which yeah. is where you get one of the largest conversations um, that is maybe a barrier between different Christian groups, where some would say God is so governing in uh, such a way where everything you do is what God told you to do. Right. Others that would react in a far pendulum swing that would say, God is that powerful, but all my choices are my own and God may not even know what those choices are. And right. then there's places in the middle. Right. Um, and all of that comes out of if God is to provide, that is that God governs all of his creatures, all of his creation to its designated end or goal, Mm -hmm. how much then do we have decision now what you said brett is that because god created us to be choosing creatures yeah our choices are then governed by god so you can see there's a lot of there's a lot of logical space for god to be sovereign and my choices to be freely made without one violating the other but what it takes is a little extra thought and what what does that say about god i mean yes. that that mm-hmm.
1: god in his providence and sovereignty would allow us to choose mm-hmm. um, yes. that i think um, mm-hmm. i put that for the listener that, to just <laughs> I mean, that 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 says a lot about who god, who god is um mm-hmm. that
2: he would he would free our will um right. to choose and and you're going to now, take that thought and run in a devotional way. Don't run so far yet that you think we just said that humanity can initiate a choice for, say, their salvation or things of that nature. There's a lot of space here to cover that we might touch on some today, but take, but think about that, that God so created us that we could also cause things to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, one of the things that gets thrown back a little at Wesleyan Arminians, is that we don't take God's sovereignty seriously. And I would push back on that to any of my Calvinist friends who are listening, Um, and I'm not picking on you, I'm just saying this is part of that larger discussion that Jim was talking about, and say that Wesleyan Arminians actually take God's sovereignty to the fullest extent, because we're saying that if it wasn't for God not only creating but also holding all things together then we he governs the very nature in which we were created to be we would not be able to choose if it wasn't for him holding all things so that's that's an incredibly sovereign way of looking at who god is and john wesley i'll just tell you believed in god's sovereignty too i mean he was a reform, reformation man through and through and god's sovereignty was top notch in his theological thinking. So the third dimension, so we looked at that his uh, God's unceasing activity, God's cooperation with the natural and secondary causes. But then the third, and we've already touched on this is that God guides and governs all events and circumstances, even free self-determining agents over overruling the regrettable consequences of freedom, and directing everything toward its appropriate end for the glory of God. So, He governs and guides all things, and we'll get more into depth about this issue of how God, even even in the regrettable choices we make, how God continues to govern and guide us in those moments, and a theologian from the Middle Ages that uh, has, uh, has been very impactful in the, the life of the church, mainly in the Catholic church, but very much in the Protestant church as well, is a guy named Thomas Aquinas, who did a lot of work in this area. We'll talk a little bit about him in a little bit and what he says about this as well. So God's hand is in it. God's governing. He's cooperating. He's acting unceasingly. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So I think one of the things we need to ask is maybe it would be helpful if we're trying to figure out what providence is. I know like sometimes when, when people want to know what God is like, that one of the helpful ways to teach what God is like is to teach what God is not like. And so maybe when we talk about what is providence, maybe one of the things we need to do is to talk about what providence is not. Does that sound It's funny? not
2: provolone.
0: It's not Provolone. And it's not Rhode Island. <laughs> it's not, although, or it, a city therein. Although it is called Providence, that is again not what we're talking about. Mm. So um, I'm just going to throw these out there with you real quick and try to explain some of these things. But uh, it's interesting, we, we need to understand what Providence is not because I think a lot of times we throw around the word Providence or Providential. And it's not what it is. All
2: right, hold on. How many people do you think are actually using the word providence in their day-to-day speech?
0: None, really. I, probably oh. not as many as I thought. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no.
2: yeah. I was just picking on you, man. Yeah,
0: uh, you're probably you're probably right. Um, it's providential that you bring that up. I'll see, be- I can see that's how you use it in a sentence, right there. You win so, the spelling bee. I appreciate it. So, uh, providence is not a pantheism. Pantheism is uh, everything is God. So providence is not this think, way of thinking in which confuses God and the world uh, by absorbing God into the world. So the world is not
2: God. And oh, it's, this it's, God is everywhere. So God is this cup and this yes, tree right. and this book.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: Um,
0: the providing God is quite different from the God of Deism. So Deism is this uh, long teaching that was really popular in like the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundreds during the kind of the Enlightenment period. Uh, where this idea there was this creator God who formed everything, but then stepped back and had no, uh, like, just let's see what happens. It's kind of the watchmaker God is kind of how it had been described before, where God built this watch, wound up this watch, put the watch down, and then stepped back to see how it would run with no interaction. And that's the key to this, that God has no interaction whatsoever.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the idea that we're God's latchkey kids. He had to go to work, so he turned the TV on and hadn't come back home yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, but that's that's not what yeah. that's not what god is like that's, hey that was super popular like you said in a certain era even in uh say some of our founding fathers in the united yeah. states absolutely you can see that if you read back in some of their writings
0: absolutely Indeed. um providence is not dualism where the world is divided into good and bad uh, it's not that we're not looking at good power versus bad power and the competing of power there. So it's not uh, dualism. Uh, providence is distinguished from an indeterminism, which holds that the world is not under any intelligible control at all. Um, and so wow. that's not, that's not providence. Providence is not a strict or unqualified determinism, which posits that a control is so
2: absolute that it destroys human responsibility or freedom. Right. And we touched on that a little yes. bit too. Like we are cogs in the wheel and we yes. must, we must do everything that is preordained in such a way that we never have any influence, not influence, never yeah. have any agency or contingency. In <laughs> We're uh, not robots.
0: robots. That's exactly right.
2: I might well, be a robot or a well, Cylon. A Cylon.
0: <laughs> We Battle
2: haven't Star had a good nerd, nerd
0: alert. Nerd <laughs> alert. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. I really need to start getting sound effects on here yes. for those for those things. Battlestar uh,
2: Galactica. Which, yes. by the
0: way, I, I'm making fun of Jim, but. The, the Battlestar Galactic old and new were amazing but so amazing just, amazing so, amen so um, <laughs> back, uh, Providence. back to so Providence is also different from a view of God's omnicausality, meaning whoa what yeah hold what? on hold on, <laughs> hold on hold on meaning that God holds everything um, holds everything together and other agents do nothing. so it's only God that acts and we actually do nothing. So that's not Providence at all. Can I, I, I,
1: sometimes I would like a break. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, God, ready? we know hey. that you're like big God, and stuff, everybody. and we've been working so hard. I know you yes. keep everything together. I'm going to
1: get my pillow here. And so
0: the, these next two, though will probably be the ones that most people listening deal with on a daily basis. Jim, I just want to bring that up after you called me out.
2: There, so man. Hey, hey, take Is, it easy, bro. Um,
0: so, Providence distinguishes itself, itself from a doctrine of chance, which denies that the controlling that the controlling power can be intelligible or personal or rational. So, we're not talking about a world of chance. Oh, it's just bad luck
2: as in it is x number of billionth percent possible that a world where human life can be sustained we right. just so happen to hit the right roll of the dice at the right time right yeah or even bring it kind of more on uh, a
0: micro level where um you know it's just chance that i get this job or it's just chance that this, i got lucky i
2: got lucky mm-hmm. this is not that, that kind of the idea of luck. A falls. butterfly flapped its wings in the right time in Singapore and
0: therefore we have hurricanes and world-changing events that take place over yeah. in yeah. Butterflies and
2: I know I'm and, just trying to throw in all the bad movies I can. <laughs> and, then, and hashtag finally, Ashton Kutcher, I'm sorry.
0: Um he's a he's a big listener I found out of the Potecusis podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, and finally providence differs from a doctrine of fate which denies the ultimate power that ultimate power is benevolent so this idea that fate is well it just is what it is which i say all the time but by the Mm. way it is what it is it is what it is it is what it
2: is and have you noticed it go
0: ahead go ahead well i was just gonna say how much of that is how much when you hear that the first thing you hear is given up you know, it's just, mm. there's nothing I can do about that. Or there's nothing that can be done about that.
2: Yeah. Have you noticed how easily it is for general folks to, in general, to appeal to fate? Like, it must be my fate. it uh, let, let fate decide. Um, and it's, for some reason, uh, easier for the general population to talk about an impersonal, non-benevolent end than it is that a God would be able to intervene and provide in the world. Right, absolutely. So so the good part of that is that there is there is even in the most non-spiritual people if they were able to talk about say fate or chance, there is an opening to discussing right. things of god. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, you know, also um well, another piece to this and it's not even written Odin didn't even lay this out, but it's the idea of what comes around goes around. This karma mm. idea too. Um, would play play in this, I think, as well. that that's not a piece of what we're talking about here when we talk about when we talk about Providence. So uh, why does this matter? Why does this discussion of Providence, if this is if Providence is not these things, if Providence is God's sovereign control and holding things together through His holiness and his wisdom and his power and all, wh- why does this why does this matter to me? And Alan, I think you just jumped the gun earlier. When you brought in this really intimate idea that uh, basically of God's love, His mercy, His grace upon us, that He loves it, He's intimate, uh, inter, kind of interwoven within this discussion of providence is this idea of power and courage for Christians to live lives day by day to persevere And to celebrate, even when the world is falling down around us, because we know God is with us.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. um, I just can't imagine God as the watchmaker Mm. um, who has just set it in motion, set it and forget it. Y'all know that commercial that yeah, Mm. yeah, (laughs) yeah, uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was like a crock pot or something. That's right. You just set it and forget it. Um, I just can't imagine one because that that sort of means we're alone. Like we're, it's like, Mm -hmm. um, it's all up to us. And I don't, I mean, I I know we're, we're due some responsibility in in all of creation and and stuff, but, um, to know that God is there is with us, um, is providing is working. Mm -hmm. Um, again, there's a part for us to play, but, um, um, that allows me to not worry that allows me not to be afraid um and um yeah i mean there's there's somebody there's there's somebody bigger than i am that knows more that is more powerful um providing and caring uh,
0: I, when i think of providence i'm always thinking of uh first john chapter 4 uh, cuz within god's nature the, the same nature that's holding all things together is this Nature of God, where God is love, that he's holding all things together. He's not squeezing it tight. He's not lording over it, although he is Lord. it's it's, it's this really relational sovereignty. Maybe that's going to be the title of my book. <laughs> Well, I think, I think that's a I good title. That's
1: a that's a really good, that's a really good title, by the way. I think it's the intimacy. It's yep. that intimacy that's sovereign, but yet intimate. Um yes. It is over all of creation, but yet providing for me and right. you and and all of us as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that both and I really like that. Relational sovereignty—that's
2: really good. You should. <laughs> no, a, I know. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> no, too late. I already trademarked it for my new oh! podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 I always like to just because love is such a loaded word these days. Yeah, um, sure. a Thought that came to me is um, is that one of the ways that we can say that God has loving sovereignty is to recognize that God created us for an end, which is to glorify Him. And enjoy him forever, forever yeah. and so the love with which God uh, is sovereign and provides is a love that gives us the grace to meet that end mm. not and that it's a love that you know gives me goosebumps or makes me want to say a heart emoji or whatever right. though it will at times and that love is also going to mean that sometimes as we are deviating from that end that God's governance would would seek to move us back in line to towards that end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and that was for the listener, not for you, Brett. I know well, you know uh, this. <laughs> no, but, but I
0: mean, all I can say to that is is Amen. It's it's interesting from the, in the in the scriptures, it's it's God lays out for us. Look, I've got two things. There, there's these two paths I want you to you know you can choose from. There's this two paths that you can choose. Deuteronomy. Now, I know when we were starting um, the podcast, I was all in Deuteronomy 6, every episode, um, uh, the Shema, the Shema hero. Israel, and you But I'm actually going to go to the end. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 30. And this is at the close when he, uh, when um, Moses is about to die. Right. They're, at, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses is given his final charge before he, he, he dies and, and, and is buried by God. And, you know, it's kind of an amazing story in and of itself. So, but in that, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, he's, he, Moses says, Set before you is either life or death. So, so choose. So it's it, the choice, it, it's sitting before you. But the choice that is sitting before you has a God behind it that is governing it. It's it, a God who is here with you. And very literally for the Jews it was for the Israelites it was the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. I mean they, they, the Ark of the Covenant I mean they, these the, they had the very presence of God in their midst. So the sovereignty of God, the provincial the providence of God they, I mean was very real in their camp in a literal way. So the way we act, within God's sovereignty, within God's providence, um, is, is an amazing thing that we, 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 we know that God's grace is with us. His grace to forgive us when we mess up, but His grace to also empower us to move forward, to keep moving forward, to keep moving forward, to keep moving forward.
2: And honestly, to back even farther up in the story of the early Israelites, to take this example— uh, the very fact that there is a choice is a grace of God yeah, and an act of that's love.
0: exactly right.
2: That God's sovereignty has given them the ability to even be able to, to have life, Yeah. which is God's will. I think that uh, later in the scriptures and the New Testament will say that, you know, God's desire is for all to be saved. Right. Um, and that that alone, to have that choice, is a sovereign act of God
0: yeah.
2: and a grace of God. Pretty powerful stuff. So
0: I think it was, it was a cl- I, I, it was, um, I can't remember if it was Thomas Aquinas or another classic Christian teacher.
2: One of them other dudes.
0: Yeah, but Tom Oden kind of brought this out from that Oh, and, Tommy. And it was um, this idea of God's guidance in our lives um, is like God is a parent, uses this analogy of God being a parent. And um, this is how it plays out, how God's guidance is sovereignty, his providence in our lives. Um, first and foremost, um, like a parent to a child, uh, God permits our freedom to play itself out was the, was the line that was being used. He permits freedom to play itself out. And Odin would say, would, a quote from Odin was this, freedom could have no meaning if it did not risk going astray. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Summarizing an argument that Wesley would make in his sermon on divine providence, that was the name of the sermon on divine providence. Uh, The, the, the quote that Wesley made was those given the gift of freedom must live with the consequences of abusing it. So, or the summarization, those given the gift of freedom must live with the consequences of abusing it. So, God, like a parent, in His guidance and His sovereignty, permits our freedom to play itself out. And we sometimes, you know, Alan, you said earlier, sometimes you wish that you had a day off. And, And I get that. God, why don't you handle this for now? You know, you just direct it. You you just come in and control and control me. Like how many I've asked that Lord.
2: <laughs> I'd gladly be a marionette for you to make this choice for me, Jesus. Yeah, yes, one
0: hundred percent. But we don't lose our freedom when we become followers of Jesus. That's our we were we to to lose our freedom would be to not be who we were created to be. We we were created to be free people, I mean, free agents. That's part of our nature, and that's part of God's governing of us. Another piece that God is like a parent is that God hinders or directly resists our ill-motivated actions. So, from time to time, God will actually hinder or directly resist our ill-motivated actions, and the way that uh, uh, Odin put this was um, he'll put obstacles in our way, so we'll be going down you know we'll be going down the road of uh, of sin and death and whatever it is and we'll come up on these speed bumps whatever they may be or these obstacles whatever they may be for me it was a it was a an ant who wouldn't leave me alone
2: yeah you know
0: it was it was an ant who wouldn't leave me alone it was a pastor who poured his life into me and loved me it was an, a youth group who accepted me in. It was an Emmaus weekend that, where I got to see the love of God firsthand and experience God's grace firsthand. And, and even after making that profession of faith, all the time, God put in these roadblocks, Brett, slow down, Brett, slow down. Hey, you're going the wrong way. Look at this, look at that. And sometimes I blow right past those signs, just gone. Mm-hmm. And then other times, I do see the sign. God doesn't stop working in our lives. So, um, sometimes God overrules us when we're out of line. Sometimes God overrules us when we're out of line. And from Scripture, uh, I love this image here. Uh, Joseph, being sold into slavery, the end of uh, Genesis. Genesis, became the means of redemption. God, so what was the line that what, what you meant for evil, God meant for good? That's an overruling. Yeah. That's an overruling. Uh, the Tower of Babel, isn't that an overruling? God destroying that tower and sending them out. And if I just make take a moment of personal privilege. Granted. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, I look at kind of the society we live in today and, The prevalence of hatred among each other and the division in our country, especially, and over the election and other things. And I look at the role of social media, and I wonder if we have, if social media has become our Tower of Babel today, Hmm. where we, through our hubris, Reach for the skies and say, We can be like God. I know everything. What I'm, what, if you look at social media, ultimately what it is, is me, 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 me. And I wonder how much longer that tower can stay standing, but that's mm. my.
2: That's For fine. a second there, I thought we were going to get our first potaquisus presidential endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus is my king, brother. That's so, right. Yeah. So, freedom is an interesting conversation, and we won't get too far in it. But it, almost all of the conversations that we have, and kind of the general level about human freedom in relation to God, really assumes a definition of freedom. Yeah. That. Basically says I can do whatever I want.
0: Right. All choices
2: Absolutely. are available to me. But if if we were to think about when is when is a human being most free, it might change the nature of that. Like, mm. is the human being most free when they are glorifying God and enjoying Him forever? Mm. And I heard uh, one theologian mention not too long ago. Might that moment be uh, when they behold the face of God face to face? Mm. is that it's human being most free Mm. and so it's really worth considering because part of the dynamic is that um freedom does not have to mean that we have the choice to do everything that we want it could very well mean that we have the choice to do to make distinctions between good and the greatest good um or the freedom to pursue Mm. our end which is to be with god and glorify him forever we are free to pursue that end right and so our freedom doesn't necessarily have to mean that I can do anything that I want. So I think it's just one of those places that later on we'll discuss. this probably along in the next hundred and seven questions. Um, that <laughs> it'd be good to sit and define the term what we mean because I think that we could color that sometimes, and it may be more logical and theologically logical uh, to define that term. I think uh,
1: one way to think about it is that God's in God's providence, He has freed our will. Um, and we have a choice to give over our freedom to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, just thinking about the freedom that you're talking about um, when we choose to follow Christ, um, we are, we are telling ourselves there's some things that are not available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're choosing not to, we're choosing to live a certain way in order to, and that means we're choosing not to live a certain way. Right. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, makes sense. The, uh, the 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 thing that I think about from Scripture is where Paul talks about himself as a as a slave to Christ, right? A bond servant sure. to Jesus. So he's he's moved from being a slave to sin to be now a bond servant or slave to to Jesus, and that that in itself, and in that he finds freedom. It is for freedom that Christ is set him, that he's been set free. Um, so. Um, yeah I, I think you're right on there. When we decide to follow Jesus, when we decide to follow Jesus, we are um, uh, there are there are we're, we're becoming almost serve, we're becoming bond servants unto him. and there's true freedom, that's where freedom is. Uh, I guess the the thing I was going to try to say, Jim, when you were saying what you were saying so eloquently, was uh, which time well, most most of the time. I can't Um, carry on. (laughs) um, Was that um, perhaps freedom is living or being what we were created to be or to live the way we were created to live. So in, in 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 the broken, fallen state of humanity. We are less free. Yeah. Even if we have all this knowledge and I can speak my mind and I can do whatever I want. That's you're being imprisoned to to sin. That's not freedom in that. There's no life in that. Right. Life is coming in and taking of the tree of life and 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 allowing Christ to make within us or to to transform us to remake us into His image and to
2: uh, to do. To to live how we were created to live, to be and who I think that just just consider just taking that as a moment of consideration as a possibility for understanding freedom changes the way we have that discussion. Yeah, uh, I just want to make one more point on this matter. Um, just because I like doing the technical stuff, and I would love for anybody who is listening who wants to engage this, you just get with us on a on on message somewhere. Info at podakesis and whatnot. Questions at podakesis. I mean questions at podakesis. Questions. Potakesis. So. The question really is, how does God's sovereignty relate to our choice? Mm -hmm. And remember, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, and they don't have to negate each other, that God is the necessary and first cause, that God created humanity with the nature of choosing, and so therefore, any choice that we make towards the good will be of God's will, any choice that is made while we are... (laughs) in our flawed state, will deviate because we've we've become bad conduits. But God has created us with agency to choose. Mm-hmm. And so if you start thinking about it uh, in that, that kind of logical fashion, then you're going to start to see that they don't become – it's not a self-defeating circle. I'd okay. love to talk more with folks about that, and we'll get to in other sessions. Mm-hmm. But if it's of interest to you now, I'd love to be able to have us engage that maybe on our website – uh, Facebook, or in other episodes.
0: Absolutely, and you can find us on the social media platforms at Potakesis, and again, that's questions at com for the email address. Um, the uh, the fourth, just one, er- one other area here that God is like a parent is, and, and guiding us, is how God will prevent other forces from triumphing. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. God just steps in, and I, I think about a, a stories I hear All the time. Um, In my doctoral work, having this uh, part of my cohort, um, about half of my cohort are from um, out of the country or from around the world. And uh, some of them come from some pretty dangerous to Christian places around the world. And um, one of my great friends um, from, um, uh, let me see, Nigeria, Nigeria, he was talking about how he has had. A gun put to his head and the trigger being pulled, not once, not twice, five times in his ministry. And that each time he closes his eyes, he says the Lord's Prayer, he opens his eyes, and the people are gone.
1: Hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's just
0: providence.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: God not allowing other forces to triumph. Now, you know, some of the big questions that get brought up whenever you tell these stories is, why doesn't God do that all the time Mm -hmm. in all places? Well, we live in a fallen and broken world. Yeah. Sin is... God, if you read the New Testament, and you see when God does signs and miracles, it was always with the purpose of pointing to Jesus, to a reality of who Jesus was and who Jesus is. So... The martyrs of the uh, the New Testament and the the ancient church, those who would suffer for Christ, they didn't see it as a means of giving up or a means of going, why, God, didn't you save me like you did this person? They actually saw it as a means of glorifying God. And there's amazing stories of, of people um, going to the gallows or people being— thrown into the lion pits or people being burned at the stake who are praising God for this time of witness because they understand that they are ultimately victorious because God has ultimately intervened and that's the hope right that God has ultimately through the resurrection and through his final coming intervene and is a victorious lord there's no question to the the, victor, the victory of the lord there's none And so that as with Jesus, so will the church be victorious.
2: And yeah. And I think it's worth, um, for anybody who might be struggling to say, you know, God sounds great, but I, I just don't think I can go there because there's problems of evil and, um, sin in the world is you don't have to say this exists. Therefore God doesn't exist. Right. Um, That's right. That's right. It would be a wonderful thing, and i just encourage you to think about the ways in which God does, Mm -hmm. in which we can see, Mm -hmm. because the ways in which God does not pale in comparison in terms of even even magnitude. Mm -hmm. So, over time, to begin to address and understand a little bit more um, the ways in which evil and badness plays into the world, doesn't have to, that can be a part of our journey. It doesn't have to stop us uh, Mm -hmm. from leaning into God to begin with.
1: Yeah, I I think um, when Brett shared the sort of the three spheres of God's providence, and there's that quote, uh, the regrettable consequences of our um, free will, I guess. Um, What's the quote?
0: Let me find that. Um, it was, the, uh, it was
1: under the third one. It was the third sphere. Uh, um, hold on. Freedom. And I, I, just th- I was just thinking, you know, I was thinking about people and the whole idea of why bad things happen to good people. Right. Um, and it's just one of those things where in God's providence, he has freed our will. He has given us free will to choose. And part of that choice is for people to, not one, not choose him but also to do horrible things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, I love the way Jim just said, you know, um, um, just because something exists doesn't mean God doesn't exist. Um, That the the both can be true. It's these regrettable consequences of our free will are actually an indication of God's providence. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, god does exist and and yeah I
0: don't well know. And, just... I, and i will, and i and i will even take that um it's it's kind of an older book but it was one that was helpful for me it's, it was very purpose-driven life no <laughs> oh. <laughs> no um but it was helpful for me and kind of i think it was like late 90s early 2000s it was philip yancey's where is god where when it hurts yeah oh
1: uh, yeah
0: and um really good book about, uh, you know, where is God when it hurts? Well, I'll tell you where God is. He's on a cross. He's all, You know, he's, he, he suffers with us. We, the, the thing about the Lord of the universe is He knows our suffering. And He's very well aware of our suffering. Uh, my my fa- One of my favorite pictures of Jesus is from John 11. I think I've shared this before, but it's from John 11, where He goes to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he walks to the tomb and he tells them to roll the stone away. And knowing what he's about to do, he still weeps. Right. He still hurts for Mary and Martha. He still hurts for the community, for Lazarus, for the pain that he went that how you you can't get more intimate and beautiful than that, I don't think, about the humanity of Jesus, the the his he understands. Here he knows what he's about to do. Why in the world is Jesus crying the moment before he brings instead of saying,
2: Hey y'all, calm down, watch this. Watch this. Yeah. No. Bless the Lord.
0: Yeah. And
1: and just frankly, uh Jesus is one of the greatest signs, demonstrations of God's providence. Yes. Um God in the flesh providing providing a way. For us to be restored to God, um, He, through Christ, He is able to sympathize empathize with our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Jesus. I mean, let's just sing it:
0: Jesus is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what well, and you're, you're for the world today? <laughs> well, you're right on. I mean, if I that scripture I read earlier from Hebrews one just kind of looking at it kind of a little bit more in context. starts off, Hebrews 1, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He had appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Here is the Son of God. Here is Jesus, who is the exact, who is God, who from the very foundations of the world has had the world
2: in his hands. Y'all, I don't think we could close out of an episode on Providence without a round of song. He's got the whole <laughs> world in his hand. Hey, now we won't is. put the whole okay, community right. through that, but man, that song's fantastic. Good <laughs> providential song, isn't it? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: All right. Well, I guess that means
0: that we might be coming close. Hold on, to... I have
2: one more question. Oh, yeah. What? What? Eyes. I just have to know what are God's works of providence. Well, Alan, God's you got an works, answer there. God's works of
1: providence are his most holy, wise and powerful preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions,
2: man. You're so
0: smart. You are smart.
1: It's amazing.
0: <laughs> so uh, we hope that you will go and do some more research on this. We'll have all kinds of resources for you linked at potaquisis.com. Like I've said before, uh, go to potaquisis.com for all the uh, show notes, so that you can see the expanded show notes, all the resources that we put. Some of the the notes that are on like um, iTunes and other places they're abbreviated. You got to go to the website to see all the all the links and the stuff going on also i want to throw something else at you uh we have a phone number guys did you know that we the pot podcast has gone mainstream Call me.
2: <laughs> i just called
0: to sing
2: yeah there's a lot of singing in this episode i know right absolutely wow absolutely so egot. got um, here we come
0: <laughs> did you just say egot? got yes that's what a what a reference all right so we have a phone number we want you to call this phone number because you can leave a message a voicemail with us and if you leave a voicemail maybe with a question you want us to go deeper or you want to tell us hey how much you love the pot of podcast you want to do something like hey guys uh this is uh this is tom and we just want to say that we love the pot of podcast all the way over here in Glenville, georgia you can do that. You can and, lay that and out And
2: Ashton Kutcher, you are welcome to leave us a yes, voicemail. Leave
0: that, let us know about that. And we'll play your voice on the Podokiesis podcast. And that'll be awesome. So our phone number is 404-635-6679. 404-635-6679. I'll put that in our show notes as well. Leave a voicemail and uh, just let us know that you're listening and we'll take it from there. Uh, If you have questions, you can also email us, questions at potakesis.com. You can communicate with us on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram as well with at at potakesis. Just find us there. Um, When we started the show, when we started the show, there was some kind of new music that was playing. Oh, new music. I Uh, loved it. Our theme music was Halloweenified. Is that a
2: word? Yes, I think Thomas Aquinas used that word.
0: (laughs) And so I want to thank my buddy, Andy Bowen, um, out of Atlanta, Georgia, for producing that bit with with our theme. Andy's a good friend of mine, and his production company, Andy Bowen Productions, is a fantastic production company that helps out. Indie artists and churches. He loves to work with churches and producing worship music and helping them kind of make their worship music even more full. He can play different instruments and help you put those demos together. Um, He's been producing music for nearly 15 years. He's got his own studio out of Alpharetta and he works with, again, indie artists and churches and all. If you want to know more information about Andy, you can just go to AndyBowen.com and find out for more and let him know that you heard about him here on the Podakiesis podcast, and I'll put his information up on our website as well. Thank you, Andy, for uh, taking and holidaying up our theme music. We're so Thanks, Andy. In the next episode, we'll be dealing with question number 12. What special act of providence did God exercise towards man in the estate in which he created him? So we're going to start talking about what how God's providence worked in the creation of humanity and what estate or how God Created humanity and how Providence was working in that. And so that'll be in the next episode, episode 12. And we look forward to having you and seeing you. Well, I guess not seeing you, having you listen to us on that episode. And until then, we hope you have a great day and happy Halloween from us at the Podakistas Podcast. Y'all have fun.
2: Wow.